0: Hello, boos and ghouls, children of the night, creatures and nightmares that lurk in the shadows of the darkest corners of our imaginations. Welcome back to the How About This Halloween Spooktacular. And on tonight's episode, we have quite the council of ghost hosts. That's right. Our normal Mike and Jordan are joined by Mr. Evan Donnellan to talk about something so sinister, so evil and so dark that we needed a third person to hold the spirit that's right on tonight's episode we venture to a small street in the midwestern united states because tonight there is a nightmare on elm street Hey, what's up? How about this, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Halloween Spooktacular! Spooktacular! That's right, we've got another great, spooky-filled episode for you tonight. And Jordan is... uh, Oh, Screaming like a banshee? That's not me. That's where There's a ghost. Yeah, you're right. There's ghosts everywhere in this house. We are recording in a haunted
1: house. That we are not. This is my apartment. It's haunted by other things, but not ghosts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Strange and, smells, bad food, you know.
0: And before we get into what we're talking about today, we have to introduce the lovely hosts and co-hosts for this show. The best co-hosts this side of the Andromeda galaxy. We have the master of dreams himself, Mr. Jordan Hugh.
1: Oh, uh, thank you, Mike. Um, I, I feel like I have nothing. I have nothing. You know what? He who looks the best I can imagine someone looking in a nice striped sweater and a questionable fedora? Listen, Mike I'm going to tell you this right now. Co-host Mike down. Um,
0: we've, we've established on the show that I do- I don't know what he wears. Wear hats. You wear hats rarely. Rarely. We both and have a lot of hair. I've never wore a fedora. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not going to wear a fedora and I'm not an edgelord yet. I haven't gotten to the point we're, where... We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we're getting ahead of
1: ourselves. Let's introduce the third host. Let's
0: let's <laughs> introduce our very special guest host on this episode. You've heard him before on our episode about Donkey Kong, where he gave a masterful uh, pitch about what he wanted to do with the Donkey Kong brand. But he is the king of nightmares, Mr. Evan Donnellan.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me i got to say, I think that there's very few people who can actually wear a fedora unironically and yeah. have it look good. Yeah. And I think one of those people is the subjects that we're talking tonight. I think Which so. Which is what? What's Which, our subject? Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. and Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, who I
1: think of the modern movie monsters. Other than Pinhead is the most fashionable. Yes. Definitely the most fashionable. Other than Pinhead. The also, most And he and he changes up his
2: look sometimes. You know, he's got a really cool coat in <laughs> Wes Craven's does. New Nightmare. He he's has got accessories. Really cool, he does. He's got accessories. Pinhead has that one leather suit and that's kind of about it.
1: Do you know what I think is like the most iconic thing for me? Like, obviously, yes, the sweater and the hat is how you recognize him in the first place. But that blade glove is yeah. so specific. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything else that is like that.
0: It's also a terrifying weapon. Right, because it's yeah, like... Yes. Well, actually, Robert Englund
1: uh, hurt himself quite quite badly the, the first time he used the it. The right? first
2: time he used it, he said that the hardest thing for him to get used to was how heavy it was. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he actually said he used that for the character. And if you notice, in each movie, he does kind of one side sort of slumps mm-hmm. because of how heavy the glove
0: is.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's cool.
0: No, I actually really, really like that. And you know what? Physicality is, is, is important, uh, especially when you're trying to play a uh, terrifying... Murder dream monster. Dream demon. Dream demon. A, a dream, dream demon.
1: Uh, yeah, let's just spend a moment just to discuss maybe why we picked this one. Because yes. we, when we decided we were going to do the Halloween Spooktacular, we're like, all right, we've got four weeks that we're going to release an episode in October, and what four things do we want to do? So we, we picked out Nightmare on Elm Street as one of those, mostly because we have you, our right. good buddy Evan, who's like the Nightmare on Elm Street master. <laughs> yeah, so Evan knows everything. He's going to impress you with his knowledge in a moment. But um, for me, just iconography-wise, again... I think he's kind of the scariest. I think so for of sure. Of all the newer the newer classic monsters, like for me, I, this is like sacrilege. I'm sorry, horror listeners. Like I I like the Halloween movies a lot. To some extent, I think the Friday the 13th movies are cool, but both those characters are just kind of like big, bulky, kind of uninteresting characters. They're just, you know, you
2: know and they were never Meant to be really like, uh, well, neither was Freddy. They were never really meant to be sort of like the big icons that they became. You know, Halloween was just supposed to be a one-off, one-and-done. Jason didn't become a character until really the second movie in the franchise. And Freddy is unique for a lot of reasons. He talks. His powers are very, very strange. Yeah, and I think even if he's not the scariest, maybe, I think the idea of this guy who can come and kill you in your dreams and this in the place where you're supposed to feel the absolute safest, the place that's your total escape and that he can get you there. And like you, the only way you can stay away from him is to stay awake is just a terrifying idea.
0: Well, cause also that's something that's very relatable in terms of like, everybody has to sleep. everyone, everyone has to sleep, but like we all know what it's like to be incredibly exhausted. You know what I mean? So that in, in and of itself, there's a fatigue that sets in where you can't go to sleep, not being able to sleep because going to sleep might kill you. Is, is terrifying, and also you have that added exhaustion that also kind of adds an anxiety oh, yeah. to it because your body goes into a, a physical see, sleep depra- the deprivation mode and, and you're just, you're deprived. So it's a really great concept to have this, like, he's a boogeyman, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. A boogeyman. he's a
2: boogeyman. And we all have had that nightmare that seems a little too real. Yes. Sure. Yeah, Like, you know, even as kids a lot, but I think Steven still as adult sometimes. You still have that nightmare that you wake up from where you're like, Wait a minute. Yeah,
1: I think that fucked with me more than I thought, yep. you know? Sure. Um, so good intro into why we're interested in talking about this. So normally on the show, we just usually talk about how we were first introduced to the yes. character and what our experience was. So Evan, you're our guest. <laughs> we're going to start with you first. Uh, I know you were a little horror demon from way back. Um, yeah, What was time. like your first experience with Freddy Krueger? How did you become the Nightmare on Elm Street guy? Well,
2: uh, you know, like you said, I was, I've always been into horror. I've always been into sort of like the forbidden or like, you know, the movies that you weren't allowed to see when you were a kid. They were yeah. the most fascinating to right. me. Right.
1: The terrifying walk down the blockbuster aisle. Well, right. that's, yeah. And
2: that's where I first became aware of just Freddy Krueger as a character.
1: Um, you would walk down the
2: blockbuster aisle or the local video store in my neighborhood, MJM and oh, I love those that. nightmare on elm street covers were so terrifying and weird and looked so different than like any of the other horror covers cuz it was always sure. this this smiling guy with this claw hand and if you turned around and looked at the uh pictures on the back <laughs> yeah terrifying terrifying it was like he was doing impossible things he's like turning into a giant worm and eating people it just looked <laughs> so scary and bizarre and of course my parents were always like you can never rent these but <laughs> but here's the other weird thing i had a talking freddy doll
0: which is crazy right which is crazy
2: like, he's a child killer
0: we've brought this up on the show many many times of how they will take a hyper violent film like a robocop yes and make a toy line for and, children yes. or, or Alien, a cartoon show or a cartoon show or like a robocop aliens does it
2: rambo cartoon Ram- show rambo
0: rambo did it Freddy Krueger had a doll.
2: Yep, and I had that doll, and I still didn't know what exactly the concept was. I didn't know the dream concept. Yeah. I didn't learn about that until an episode of The Simpsons. I was going to bring this up for mine. Yep. Treehouse of Horror. Treehouse of Horror with where they Groundskeeper Willie. Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. I think that they call it. That sounds right. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah, sounds about right. And Willie basically takes the Freddy role. Right, and I remember, and that it's scary. Well, that was where I learned what the concept was, that he kills you in your dreams, and that episode scared the fucking shit out of me. Yeah, Yeah. it's terrifying. (laughs) Um, And so then after that, then I finally just started renting or buying... All the Elm Street movies It was the first franchise I ever became Like deeply obsessed with Yeah Um, And I collected them all And I love them all And yeah That's pretty much it
1: Wow that is such like a It's like you did Heroin first Yeah basically (laughs) You know what I mean Basically I I, I went hardcore There was no There was no like Goosebumps for you It's just like No fucking Right in on Freddy Krueger Yeah yeah, that
2: was pretty much what it is. I think I saw the first one when I was nine. Oh boy. And it scared the
1: shit out of me. And you would maintain this is still your favorite horror franchise? Easily, even, I think okay. it's
2: my favorite horror franchise, and I will argue that I think it is also just the best horror franchise in terms of quality, okay. Okay. And quality filmmaking. like film
0: quality like film to film
2: quality from film to film. Mm. I don't think there's a bad film in the franchise.
0: Okay. Well. That uh, well. Is, mm-hmm. well Okay, <laughs>
2: we'll, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll, get go we'll, get, we'll get through that we'll get Mike, there. what is I know you're not super super into Nightmare on Elm Street But no. what, is, what is your experience with at least Freddy Krueger Because it's, it's in the cultural zeitgeist You I'm, can't avoid Freddy I'm, Krueger
0: I'm, uh, I'm very much a Nightmare on Elm Street noob I didn't really grow up and, and watch a ton of horror movies when I was younger I, I'm the older sibling uh, So I have a younger brother So my parents were a little bit more protective over the things that I saw and did um, at least in my family, that's just how it how it turned out. Um, and we weren't really like a horror movie family. My my, I had some uncles and I had a cousin who was really into horror movies. And I all I would hear about like Freddy Krueger, Jason, pretty much a Halloween, all those horror movies was kind of filtered through them. Mm. And When I got a little older, I remember watching the first Nightmare on Elm Street and really liking it because I just love that kind of the vibe of it. And I love I love those 80s horror movies so much. I think I, I think it's just it's just there's a fun, campy nature to all that stuff. And even though it's super terrifying and scares the crap out of literally everyone. Um, I really enjoyed that, and I enjoyed, and I realized at that point that I actually really do enjoy being scared of stuff. And I think my gateway into horror, as I said this on, on another episode, I said on the Resident Evil episode, my gateway to horror was really video games. Sure. I love horror video games. Did love, you ever play love, the love, the love.
1: Nintendo, Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, video game? Yeah, it's terrible. I can't it's awful. believe yeah. that uh, on the NES, like how could the NES but handle that? That's
0: exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying with when it comes to stuff that like these movies that are supposed to be... F- horror movies for adults and they go and make a video game for children. Like at that yeah. point in time the NES was a was a toy. Like, yes, there were mature experiences on the NES, but they were meant it was meant for kids. And there's a terrible nightmare in Elm Street game and there's, there's a, a terrible Friday the thirteenth. Terrible Friday the 13th game with like purple and blue Jason. There's which ter- I actually kinda love.
2: <laughs> that has, imagery. There's a terrible Texas Chainsaw Massacre one too. Yep. Which is deeply disturbing because in that one you actually play as Leatherface. Which is crazy. And his pants are the same color as his chainsaw yeah. which extends from yep. his pants. Yep. So See what you I'm know, getting out here? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah it's, a, <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's
0: it's you know they had a limited color palette in the NES. The NES <laughs> game for Nightmare on Elm Street is terrible, but I love horror video games. So I played a lot of horror video games when I was younger like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Parasite Eve. Those games I really got into them and because of that I gained an interest in horror movies. So mm. I slowly but surely started to watch them and I think I remember watching a Nightmare on Elm Street. It was like a our friends would like get got together like on like a Friday like probably around Halloween and, and watched the first one. I really liked it, and then I remember seeing Freddy versus Jason in the theater, and I believe that's a PG thirteen, right? No, 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 oh no, it's an no, R. that's a hard R. All right, <laughs> none, of them, none, none of them are PG. 13 Good, <laughs> good. Well, no, it's the uh, it's the Alien vs. Predators movies are PG. The first oh, one's okay, PG yes, thirteen. That was right. it. That yes, was and it's very bad. Yeah, it's it's bad, but uh, not when Vin <laughs> Diesel shows up and, and yes. is the Predator. Listen to our kid. episode on Alien vs. Predator. Alien versus Predator. Uh, so I saw Freddy vs. Jason in the theater and I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a blast. You know, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's silly. And it really kind of introduced me to those characters again. And I had seen, you know, the first Nightmare and the first Friday the 13th by the time I saw Freddy vs. Jason. And I was just, it was just fun to watch. And my experience with Freddy now also kind of ex- extends into different mediums because I really like video games. Obviously, Freddy is a guest character in one of the more recent Mortal Kombat games. Yes, I, I remember
2: I bought that game just for him.
0: Yeah, and there's one of them where... Which is, I think a lot of people did. There's one of the new Mortal Kombat games. I think it's Mortal Kombat X or 10 is the one because they all kind of blend with me right now where it's all the horror characters. It's like Leatherface oh, wow. and and uh, Freddy and Jason and all that stuff. And I think in the newest one, there's Rambo and the Terminator and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all that. Why not? why yeah, not? Why not? And the Joker. <laughs> but he's in one of those games. So like Freddy... I've always liked the image of Freddy. I love the concept. I think out of all of like these supernatural killer monster guys, slasher monsters, I think Freddy has the most interesting concept for someone who loves fantasy and loves science fiction and loves the weird side of things. You know, a big supernatural monster is fine. And Jason is scary. But, like, Jason has more of a cool look because he's got this, like, evil hockey mask that he wears on his face. For sure. And, like, he's got kind of that look. And, like, Freddy is, like... Yes, he, he has like a good like you said, most fashionable with the with the, with the fedora and stuff, but like there's a scariness to him. Oh, yeah. that isn't as metal as like a Jason. And uh, I really like Freddy. I love that concept. I think I think it's hard to hard to um, compete with that. And I think Freddy is one of the most obviously recognizable horror movie characters. and after those movies, I don't think we got one as recognizable until like Ghostface.
2: Ghostface, and funny that it's the same director who yeah. created Ghostface yeah. and, again, and yeah. Freddy, um, yeah.
0: which is which is actually really good. And I think the movies are good. This podcast, every time we do an episode about something, the second the episode is done and I put the microphones away, the first thing I want to do is experience everything that we talked about. So like, yeah. I'll probably go and see all of the movies now. So, oh, You've got me. some good ones waiting yeah, for I know. And you. Ex- you really, really do. And yeah. excuse me for being a little bit of a, of a novice here, but that's why we have the Masters. So, Oh, thank you. Of course.
1: I am not a Master uh, when it comes to Nightmare on Elm Street. My Nightmare on Elm Street experience is actually I owe mostly to Evan. Actually, did I like make you watch all of them? Yeah, pretty much. So I'm not gonna. (laughs) Sounds like something I would do. Yeah, I'm not gonna bore the listener because my early experiences are basically the same as Evan's. Like I would walk through the blockbuster and like see the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. But whereas Evan actually rented those movies, I said absolutely fucking not. (laughs) And I rented stuff that I liked that was like macabre and grim, but not Freddy Krueger. To me, Freddy Krueger was the hardest you could go. Yeah. I was like, I'm definitely not ready for that. So I would rent things like Beetlejuice and Poltergeist and The Addams Family and stuff like that. And I would not rent hard horror movies, especially not Kruger. And I remember it being in as early as elementary school, the scariest thing a kid could talk about would be Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw part of a Freddy Krueger movie. And it's funny because his legend in our real world is kind of the same as his legend in the movies. It it's is. Like it's he's got this creepy yeah. nursery rhyme. And the more you find out about him, the more it upsets you. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's just like he's got this burned face. And as a kid, you're like, well, how did he get burned? Why does he have a claw for a hand? Why is he dressed like that? What do you mean he's in your dreams? He kills you in your dreams? Oh, he's like a fucking child rapist? Like, it gets worse than that yeah, even. Yeah, it does. You know, it's it's totally wild. And so for me, he was like the ultimate in horror. So I didn't even watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie until I think you, Evan, finally sat me down you were like you haven't fucking seen nightmare on elm street so it was us and a group of friends it was like over one summer we watched i think we watched all of them yeah all of the nightmare on elm street movies which i really liked some of them and others i blatantly fell asleep um i recall that i recall that but it was it was good it was i was happy to be educated and also i'm not taking anything away from the character i think he is super iconic and wonderful and the movies are by and large great but I realized he's not the end-all, be-all for the scariest horror film. Do you know what I mean? No, like, I, I don't actually think he is either. thought most of the movies were more on the entertaining side of scary sure. than they were on the scary side of scary. Like I've seen movies that I think are scarier now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen many and, that I think are scarier. And there are way more movies that upset me rather than Nightmare on Elm Street. So I think it was just like, like as you said, being a kid, seeing those VHS jackets, and being like, I can't fucking handle this. But yeah, it was it was definitely that Treehouse of Horror episode definitely influenced me, and then you know I was like, yeah, Freddy Krueger, I, I can't I can't handle that. So yeah, that was all part of it. But just going back to Freddy for a second, just in his his look and what sort of the appeal of him is, he's the most specific looking horror character I can think of.
0: Yeah, yes. there's nothing else yeah. that
1: really compares to Freddy Krueger. You have a bunch of guys that are like big dudes in masks. That's a whole category. Yeah, you have other dudes that have one very specific weapon type, right? And then you have, like, the Supernatural set, right? Freddy is Supernatural, and he kind of dips into some of the categories, but there's nothing quite like Freddy Krueger. No,
2: there really isn't. Like, I think you said earlier, like, the I think the best comparison, or the closest comparison to Freddy is probably Pinhead. Yeah. But Pinhead doesn't, you know, (laughs) this sounds so strange to say, but everything, Pinhead's look, it feels very consistent. Yeah. Uh, Everything that is on Freddy clashes. Like, looking at him almost hurts your eye. Because nothing in it, works or should fit together that Queen. that red and green sweater is show is so off-putting Then he got the hat the burns the shoes just everything about him he's almost like it's like you're looking at um, one of those magic eye paintings
1: sure. do you know what i mean i don't know if this was part of the design but it almost feels to me like a child made up what he looked like uh, yeah you know yeah. So like oh he wears red and green stripes oh he's got a fedora he's got a claw hand he's got burns and also These uh, characters, and we'll talk about this when we get into the Jackie Earl Haley film, Mm. are not really so much informed by who plays them, but Freddie is. Freddie is. Freddie really is tied to Robert Englund. It's really hard to see someone else in the role, and I think Jackie Earl Haley did a nice job. Totally different take, Mm. Um, but it was like not good. It Mm -mm. was like you really missed Robert Englund as Freddie, like, I'm sorry to people that like these movies, but like fucking anybody could be Mike Myers. Anybody could play Anybody could be Mike Even Myers. Even anybody could play Pinhead.
2: Uh, yeah, no, you're right about that. Yep.
0: It's, with Freddie's look with the striped sweater, that striped sweater was also famously worn, a similar striped sweater was also famously worn by Kurt Cobain. And that's like an old school classic English punk thing. So the English punks would wear these red and black or red and green mohair, mohair, mohair? sweaters that were these big fuzzy ugly sweaters that would like would get all bunchy and you know you pull it off and you'd be able to get them um guitar player bad mary my band uh david who grew up in england says you'd be able to get them for like five bucks at the Mm, store and now mm. they're designer and they're hundreds of dollars is that have anything to do with it?
2: Well, Wes Craven had said that the reason he came up with, with those specific colors on the sweater was because he had read an article that said, your eye has a hard time processing those two colors Makes together. Sense. Um, so Makes that's sense. why he gave him the red and green sweater. Okay. And he said he gave him the claw because he was trying to think of like, what's the oldest weapon that um, a man would be afraid
1: of? And he, he said, it well, the claw of an animal. Yeah. So that's why he gave yeah.
0: him the claw. That's mm-hmm. actually genius.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's really awesome. And it's funny because in Halloween, uh, Mike Myers is the character always referred to as the boogeyman. but There's nothing mm-hmm. really boogeyman about Mike Myers. it dude do with a knife. Uh, Freddy Krueger really is the boogeyman. Yes. He yeah. is anything you're afraid of. And thus he has all the power that you lend him. And there's something so old feeling mm-hmm. about that and really special. And the films actually do a really consistently nice job of tapping into that as a source of inspiration. They
2: really, really do. And, they really do.
0: And dreams in general are supposed to be benign right Right. dreams in general it's like we use the term dream as a as something to talk about our aspirations the things that we want you know we're supposed to you know have sweet dreams and they're supposed to be lovely and they're supposed to like you know give us a a window into the things that we want and desire in life or the things that make us happy so when you get a nightmare on your own without a boogeyman trying to kill you in that nightmare it's really jarring and terrifying and now we're going to go ahead and add this creepy burn guy who can actually kill you in it. So right. it's a great concept. Now who adver- who came up with the character? Like, is that all Wes Craven? Did he do all that stuff? Pretty much all Wes Craven. Yeah. He's a genius. Um, yeah. He had the, uh, he had the
2: idea for a long time. No one would buy it. Cause everyone yeah. was like, well, people aren't going to believe it. It's a dream. Like, yeah. What's the big deal. And then, you know, he finally got it made. He named him Freddie because um, he said there was a kid who bullied him named Freddie. So he just didn't like the name. <laughs> great. Uh, and he kind of came up with the look. He told this really creepy story of when he was a kid he was looking out his window one night, and a man was walking down the alley in a fedora and a, a trench coat, oh. and like somehow sensed that Wes Craven was looking at him and turned around and gave him a really nasty stare, and Craven ducked and like hid for like two minutes, and then poked his head back up, and the guy was still there staring uh, at him. So he said yeah. that was kind of where he got the look.
0: No, thank you.
1: So, uh, Evan, we're going to play a little game. Awesome. Uh, Let's play uh, because, a game. Listen, we, we invited you on this show because you're a... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, aficionado, and uh, even though I've seen all the films, my memory is a little fuzzy. Makes sense. I am going to basically name the title of each film, Great. with like its release, and I want you to tell me just a little bit about each movie. Sure. Like you can just do your feelings on it. Sure. Is this movie good? Is this movie bad? Awesome. And just like a one minute little whatever. So excited. So let's go right to the right to the heart. Okay. A Nightmare on Elm Street, nineteen eighty four.
2: I think it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. I think it uh, kickstart. I think it gave horror the jumpstart in the eighties that it really needed because horror was sort of dying by that point, at least from what I've read. Really, was, that it, quick? It, well, it was dying because of like Halloween comes out in seventy eight, and right. then it's just the slasher boon. Um, right, you know, that's you when Friday, 13 Friday 13th, the Thirteenth comes out, The like Burning, Terror night. Train, Prom Night. You know, they're just right all you know, the bullshit. Graduation out, right, Day, yeah. Splatter University. You know, they're all just coming out. And, like, horror was losing imagination. And then suddenly here comes this low-budget thing with this ridiculously crazy concept that no one had ever thought of and scared the shit out of everybody. Um, And it's Nightmare on Elm Street. And, yeah, I think it's... And I think it holds up very well to this day. I know a lot of people think it has cheesy moments to it, and it does, for sure. But, um... I think the cheesiness of it kind of adds to the charm and adds sure. to the scares for me because one cause it still, looks off. Does this still rank high comparatively for you? Very high. It is my second favorite film okay. in the franchise. So we'll get to your favorite Ooh. eventually. Okay, also, great.
0: like as an aside before we continue this yeah. game, dude was born with the name Wes Craven like yeah you gotta make yeah you, you gotta be, make <laughs> horror. Movies. You, you were gonna be a horror He's guy just
2: one thing about wes craven that i think is crazy is like he saves horror three times in <laughs> his yes, career Three. he times. comes out with last house on the left in 72 which like jump starts the 70s then elm street in 84 then scream in 96 it's like every decade hollywood was like can you just please
0: wes, we come need, and save we need, us yeah come
1: save us so um as often happens in horror movies we get to a sequel it changes directors Um, Jack Shoulder directs this second one yes indeed right we have A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge Um,
2: this is a movie that I have a strange relationship with when I first saw it I really didn't like it because it basically changes the concept and this one Freddy wants to get into the real world Uh, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to do that by possessing a boy named Jesse and it just felt like well why have you taken the idea away but ultimately I do really like the movie now it's a very interesting movie it is Become known as the gayest horror movie ever made because the whole thing with Freddie trying to take over this yeah. boy is, um, it's it's subtext that becomes pretty heavy text after a certain point, and it's actually a really fascinating movie because um, the lead actor who was gay yeah. and closeted at the time that movie kind of ruined his career and a documentary oh. called Scream Queen oh. My Nightmare on Elm Street came out last year just about his whole experience with that movie
1: and he is sort of one of the only male Scream Queens he is right? like, if you look at all horrors mostly not male led
2: yeah right. mostly yeah. and he is uh, like the self appointed male Scream Queen the documentary I would highly recommend it's really fascinating uh, really moving in a weird way so it's interesting that this sequel has like such a very strong place in the
1: LGBTQ community. Great, yeah. uh, awesome. Uh, so we, we get to the next installment, changes directors again to Chuck Russell back in 1987. So we're three years on from the original and just two years on from the first oh, sequel.
0: Evan already looks happy.
1: We have a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 <laughs> Dream Warriors. Okay, my hot take on this one, and this is gonna upset
2: most hardcore Nightmare on Elm Street fans, cause this is by many considered the fan favorite sequel. Okay, And this one is actually very low for me. Um, really?
1: Because the concept is interesting. The
2: concept is great. Um, you know, it's a bunch of teens who sort of band together in their dreams to fight Freddy. It's a great concept. I don't think it's executed particularly well. And I think this is the movie that turned Freddy into a joke. Everybody blames four for that. But okay. three started it. And I think three has a very weak conclusion. Um that's the one where they do the very Catholic way of killing Freddy, where they got to bury him in hollow ground. And I'm just okay. like, fuck you. Who gives it? That's stupid. Uh, that also gives the backstory that Freddy is the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Which... which is one of my favorite lines. It's a good line. Series. I just always could. Oh, no, it's very bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just always could do without that. Uh, interesting. Three is directed by Chuck Russell, who directed The Mask and Eraser. <laughs> right. Um, Wait which... a
0: second. Like, as in Jim Carrey, The Mask? Jim, Jim Carrey, The, the Mask. mask. And then yes. Not the Eric Erased... Stoltz mask. Yes, no. yes. And, and the
2: Arnold Schwarzenegger Eraser. Every Elm Street director has gone on to like I'm bigger very, and better I'm things. Very, it's it's I'm weird. Very confused. Yeah.
0: First of all, how do you get from the mask to eraser?
2: By that point he was just a studio guy. Oh. Okay. You know, like okay. he was just he was doing Because I'm just kinda like eh, And know. and Elm Street three is co written by Frank Darabont. Uh Russell and him were yep, um, oh, wow. uh writing partners. Um that was how Frank Darabont got his start. So that's always interesting. But yeah, that I like it, but that's that's low for me.
1: Okay. The the very next year, this is like the quickest turnaround in the series. Oh, yeah. oh no, I'm sorry, four and five are both the eager Four and five together. are crazy so
0: they So they annualized this franchise.
1: Pretty much. So coming out in 88, the very next year, it seems like everyone has abandoned the project, not a single returning screenwriter or anything. Nope. New director, Rennie Harlan. His first American movie. Yep, is A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master.
2: This is my... Like fan favorite sequel. Okay, I adore, you like. This one. I adore this movie. Okay, this is movie is steeped in the 80s. It's got this amazing 80s soundtrack, Mike. That I think you would go apeshit for. Yeah, the pro- music is good. All in right, the well, what, yeah.
0: give me a taste. We got anything on here? Did we know?
2: Uh, it's got a, a great theme song that I could sing a couple bars of horribly. Oh, now you must do it. Uh, running, running from this nightmare. I'm sold. I, uh, yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold
0: on it. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 searching for the album right uh, now. Sung
2: by the lead actress Tuesday Weld and it is the most 80s it is one of the silliest
0: but by that point it's like okay well
2: you're gonna make a sequel that's silly go right ahead it's really fun i also it's a weird movie in the sense that it's one of the only horror movies where it lets the characters feel um loss at the deaths of their friends you know most horror movies just like just move it along along, this one doesn't do that and this one has a great lead character um named alice played by lisa wilcox who's uh she almost feels like a precursor to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, uh, so she's kind I of like badass. It. Well, yeah, I and like she starts it. out like very meek and quiet, and she has to like find her strength. It's a great movie.
1: It's an absolute blast from beginning to end. Love I, it. I love every second of it. Okay, the very next year, in fact, released less than a year later. Yeah, <laughs> um, a Nightmare on Elm Street five. 5- the dream child new director again on this one stephen hopkins stephen hopkins yeah uh who went on to direct the life and death of peter sellers which is a really good movie i feel about
2: this one pretty much the same way i feel about three it's good but i have a lot of problems with it uh, okay is Al- this your least favorite would you say no no, no. definitely okay. no. Well, we're getting there um we're definitely not here. it's a good movie it's a little too long alice is the main character again and she's wonderful Uh, oh they brought her back they brought her back the whole business in that movie of she's pregnant and Freddie is trying to infect her baby (laughs) is just it feels like it's like they wanted (laughs) to try to make it an issue movie but they had
1: nothing to say about abortion other than it exists Um, yeah so um, So, I love that like Right below the surface of Freddy being, like, the most horrible thing you can think of, like, unimaginable supernatural terror is just, like, right below the surface of that is also... He's just a perv. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah like he right is. right below he that. it's so a strange. Total perv. That, like, that is there as well. Also,
2: the makeup is horrible in that movie. That oh, movie has the worst Freddy makeup. Lost, lost some makeup I, I don't know budget. what yeah.
1: happened there. Okay. Uh, This one changes up the title for the first time. Here we go. Uh, So this is a long break by Nightmare on Elm Street standards. This comes out two years later. This is already in 91. This is our first entry in the 90s. A different director, Rachel Talalay. Yes. This one is called, uh, perhaps they're trying to end this, because this one is called Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare.
2: Yep. Every horror franchise needs a final in the title when it's not the final. <laughs> right. Nightmare on yep. Elm Street is no exception. Uh, this is this for a long time. This was my least favorite. It yeah. no longer is. Okay. Um, I. I... <laughs> that,
0: means, that means something worse has come out. Something Good worse thing. has come out. <laughs> uh,
2: I still really like it. Um, well, no, I mean I I, I do like it. Uh, it's grown on me. The whole movie is a joke. They had said that they wanted to make a Warner Brothers cartoon, and I just. And they succeeded at that. I just question why you wanted to do that, especially when you were making what was supposed to be the last movie. Um, it's very silly. It's very over the top. And it's a
1: big and, tonal shift. Big right? tonal shift. Yeah. And it
2: makes the terrible mistake of explaining where his dream powers come from. Oh, oh, no. He met some dream demons who uh, were CGI we and the movie was in 3D and they suck. Uh, and it's awful.
0: Is that, that's not the one where he threatens to eat the kid, right? Because I've seen that one scene where he's he just like, eat? there's like a kid and he's like, I'm going to eat you up!
1: I mean, he kind of says that a lot. I think he uh, said that in more than, well, more. than I, Yeah, he says that I, well, a lot. Well, I'm an idiot. So also, continue.
2: Freddy's Dead also has one of those retcons of backstory where it's like, before he was a killer, he was married, and he had a daughter.
1: And no, it's like, no, no he didn't. Don't humanize this guy. No, this is didn't. like when they try to give the Joker a real origin story, and I'm like, we don't want to hear it. No, nobody cares. Yeah, exactly.
2: But like hat. But the, movie,
1: <laughs> the, but the movie... Hey, Eckhart. <laughs> think about the
2: future. But the movie is fun. Uh, at the end of the day, it's still a fun movie. I don't skip it when I do my rewatches.
1: All right, brilliant. Then we get authentically the longest break uh, so far. Uh, Because the next one, we go from 1991 with that Freddy's Dead film all the way to 1994. Wes Craven is back as the writer and the director. So he's fully taken the reins back for, of course, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Not only is this my favorite movie in the Elm Street franchise. Mm-hmm. This it is, is good.
2: This is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. This uh, is
1: a special one. I good. vividly remember this film. This yeah. is a
2: masterpiece. And the, like the whole concept of it takes place, you know, it's the 10 year anniversary of the first film, so it takes place in the real world. Wes Craven plays himself, the lead actress from the first film, Heather Langenkamp plays herself. They're all getting ready to make another Elm Street and movie. She's oh, wonderful, too. by she the way. Because I didn't like phenomenal. her that much in the first film. She's but in New amazing. Nightmare, she, she rules. She's, she's amazing. Everybody's good in it. And the whole concept is, is that Freddy... Spoilers. Freddy is not actually freddy he's this ancient evil that can only be contained in stories so yeah. he's the witch from hansel and gretel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which is oh, really wow. a cool oh, idea oh so
0: he's like every villain ever yeah and like this evil like just that. takes
2: whatever form it's trapped in and now since the movies have ended he's trying to get out so the only way to stop him is to make another movie
0: so it's almost like a almost like a pennywise right yeah it's okay. very
2: similar to that okay. um, And like and it was you know meta and commenting on hollywood it's also a good commentary on horror films in general like how responsible are filmmakers for their creations how good is,
0: um, how good is Wes Craven at specifically best. that he's the
2: fucking best Like, right? because that's all Scream is yeah that's exactly by the,
0: by yeah. the way I, I do want to interject just a second because I did look up the Nightmare on Elm Street 4 soundtrack it's yeah. so good and the fact that you have a Freddy Krueger movie with blondies you <coughs> to shreds in it yeah <gasps> thank yes. you god yeah love it I'm you're gonna love that soundtrack huge, huge blondie fan so uh, that's amazing just seeing that on here is just like yeah, Ripper to shred. Oh, that's great. That's genius. Thank you. Thank you for, thank course, you for telling me this. Of course. Gonna, thank, thank Elm Street 4. It's yeah, best. I'm gonna watch. I'm going to go watch these movies this whole weekend.
1: <laughs> so for more than one reason, Wes Craven's New Nightmare is kind of the end of the franchise proper. I consider it the end of the uh, franchise proper, yep. sure. Uh, now we move into some entries where Wes Craven is not really involved. And the first of these, of course, is Freddy versus Jason.
2: Which we talked about a little bit. I think it's a blast. Yeah, it's it's fun. the best... I think it's the best fan film ever made. That's yeah. basically what it is. It's and, a it's a 40 million dollar fan
0: film. It's fun. And before YouTube yeah. That's yep. what they, and it's a, it's a, a 2003
1: budget. release, so it's almost 10 years after the prior film, New Nightmare. Uh, and this almost feels like just totally disconnected. Like, just like, what if we bring back is. Freddy for a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah got, it kind of is. You got is.
0: someone from Destiny's Child in it. You got a stand in for Jason Mewes. It's great. Yeah. Is there a stand in for Jason Mewes in this one? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. there is. There yeah. is, right? Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, um, he says that it's also pissed. a
2: movie. I have a book called Slash of the Titans, which is about the development of Freddy versus Jason because oh, it cool. was in development for like. 20 years um and I'm... some of the ideas behind it are so bizarre like there were so many ideas where they were trying to bring them together and they were like actually freddie's jason's father and oh, i was like what Lord. are you doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> no thanks what,
0: what, what's crazy about that is that freddie versus jason like when we did our alien versus predator episode yeah there was like tons of alien versus predator source material before they started even thinking about making movies and it's so strange sure. that they didn't do freddie versus jason stuff elsewhere like was that? That wasn't a comic. It think, wasn't a.
2: I think the problem was it was because you know New Line owned Freddy. Yes. And Paramount owned
1: Jason. Yeah. And they just couldn't agree on anything.
2: Yeah. That's it's why it a, it's took a Spider-Man situation forever. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Those companies are usually a bit more chill about that. I wonder why they. Well, eventually relax. New Line got a
2: hold of Jason, and you would think that that would have made things a little bit easier. But Sean Cunningham, who created Friday the Thirteenth, he still had his claws in, um, <laughs> and he just wouldn't he
1: wouldn't sign off on anything. Yeah. Uh, weird. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, and then we only have one more to really discuss. Um, yes, this we do. Is, <laughs> this oh, film yeah. is called literally the same thing as the first movie. It's just called A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it releases in 2010, which is seven years after Freddy vs. Jason. It is 16 years after the original film. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's tw- 26 years? Is that right? Sounds right, yeah. So uh, 1984 was the original film. This is 2010. Yeah, it's 26 years. Wow. A big um, big gap. So this is a, a full reboot Uh, Starring, for the first time, not Robert Englund, but our good buddy, Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, It's a film directed by Samuel Bayer. This is
2: a wretched movie. Uh, This is the worst movie in the franchise by a huge margin. Uh, It's boring. It's stupid. It's not scary at all. Samuel Bayer was a music video director. He does not do a good job with it. It's Rooney Mara's first starring role. She's terrible in it. The one thing that it had going for it as a matter of interest was it sort of was flirting with the idea of retconning freddy's backstory which where, was almost great which was almost great because in the original he is a child killer who yeah. the the parents killed uh, in you know vigilante justice and he comes back for revenge this one was suggesting that maybe he was innocent they killed the wrong guy yeah that, that would have been something but no it turns out yeah he was a child killer so the twist in that movie is that there is no twist um And also, I've always been really bothered by the way they handled the makeup in that movie for Freddy. It's a mixture of CGI and regular makeup, which is fine. But their whole idea was like, we're going to make the burns look realistic. They're going to look realistic this time. Yeah, not what we wanted. Yeah, that's what the uh, all-powerful dream demon was always missing. Realism. Yeah, right. Go fuck yourself. It's a terrible movie. I don't think Jackie Earle Haley is very good in it either. And it comes up with this idea of like this waking dreaming thing, which is just a, a cheap trick. Where like it says that if you're so tired, you can fall asleep and not know it. And I'm just like, mm. yeah, just go away. um It's yeah. a very very bad movie.
1: I like it a little bit better than you do, but I don't think it's good. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason I like it better than you do is because I I actually do like Jackie Earle Haley, but. Actually, I've gone back and I've realized I actually don't like Jackie O'Haley when he's Freddy I like him in the one flashback Where he just gets to be Fred Krueger as like a normal person Sure And he's running away from the parents Who are led by Clancy Brown The most terrifying parent of all time Yeah Honestly, missed opportunity in that film We'll talk about it when we get to my little mini-pitch later But I think Clancy Brown would have been a very compelling villain And you could have turned Freddy into an anti-hero But it it didn't go that way No, it didn't go that way that took us through the whole
0: franchise. That's the whole franchise. So, Evan, thanks for that, man. Thanks for giving Thank us. Thank you. Those. I, I, I'll talk about these movies anytime. <laughs> thanks for giving us your your input on all these, on all these films. It's actually interesting to to hear from my point of view because now when I go and watch these. I ha- I'll have that in the in the back of my brain going oh yeah what did I say about that one? Oh, yeah that one that one that one so I'm very excited to see you're some gonna love
2: part four I think uh, I, uh, I, part I, four is gonna be your jam
0: I, I'm I'm very excited to see that and, and to watch but uh, is it pitch time I th- I think it is I think it's it's
1: especially like a good property to pitch because this is we we have a good knack for this on yes. this show this is a property that's being talked about a lot now yes. Yes. and there's a lot of people. Butting their heads in, like, I've got a script. I've got a script. I have an idea it's getting thrown around a lot. So I think we're right on the precipice of someone officially announcing a remake and it's in production. I think
2: it's going to happen sooner rather than later, yep. especially with the success of uh the new Halloween movies yep. and they've just announced they're making 3 new exorcist movies. Oh, it's boy. it's 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 a matter of time. Sure. So
0: which they're trying to drag horror back to life, I guess in a way, but I think horror is doing okay right now. Horror's, horror is always, always doing okay. okay. Yeah, cuz yeah. it's got it's
1: got the fans. We've been at like a I want to say, like a t- in a ten-year horror, like new golden age in many ways, it's, right? They're like yeah, they're it's, putting it's, anything out there right now. Yeah, but and feels, yeah. a lot of that is Blumhouse, of course. And Blumhouse,
2: but you're also getting filmmakers like Jordan Peele and Ari Aster, sure, all yeah. the A24 stuff yeah, happening uh, too. You know, Justin yeah. Benson, Aaron Moorhead, all those guys.
0: Hey, listen, there's a fully dedicated horror streaming service now with Shudder, So sure. Shudder's a
2: great streaming. Yeah, service. and I've heard it's really one of the about best, it. surprisingly.
1: Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm making like a this is a very general statement, but like. It is harder for major studios to get things greenlit right now unless it has, like, fucking, like, Marvel attached to it. Mm -hmm, But um, horror movies, because they tend to be low budget and because producers tend to see them as good investments because they almost always make their money back and then some, it's a little easier for horror movies to get produced. So I just feel like there's, like, on average, it, it, it seems to the layman at least, more horror movies are coming out than ever. It just seems like there's a lot.
0: And Well, I, it seems
2: like they're the only ones who kind of like you said, who can make a real dent in the box office right. yeah. without being a superhero movie. Right. And
0: I feel like it's it's people love seeing the the quote unquote good guys win. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of superhero movies do so well. They like seeing the good guys win. But at the same point, and maybe it's a different part of the brain, or maybe it's a different adrenaline rush, people love being scared. Absolutely. We love being scared. And love
2: being scared like in a big room yep. together. With yes. a whole bunch of people. Like we were just talking, it's a communal experience. It is. We were talking off mic. We both saw Halloween Kills. You saw it in the theater? I saw it in the theater. I mean, it's a terrible... Re- I regret it. It's a terrible movie, <laughs> but I will say I enjoyed the reactions of the crowd. Yeah, You know, I enjoyed being... It's an awful film, but... Yes.
1: We'll talk about this, I think, I, on a future episode, but yes. Halloween Kills is a one out of ten for me. It's a really bad movie. Yep,
0: And I feel like it's... it Fear is better for the adrenaline rush than laughter it's better than for the and it's it's like probably on par with action just in a different way
2: that's something else about the elm street movies that i, I i'd love to mention i is i do think they have a really nice blend of comedy and horror
0: you need that levity right yeah
2: you do and i think that and you know comedy and horror i think are very similar they have like very similar beats in terms of filmmaking of, oh like, sure of a setup and a punchline and i think elm street just has always balanced that really well i think yeah. there's a
0: funniness you know like, there's well, a funniness to horror elm street a lot is
1: blatantly funny a lot yes <laughs> Um, All right, so. And, and it's, it's often been said, just like, uh, folks who do well with comedies, whether those are actors, directors, or writers, tend to do well in horror, for what you said, I Evan. Like, like, a lot Jordan of the beats Peel. are the same. Appeal yeah, is perfect. Peel. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, just going back to what we were saying before, we're having now, probably for the last ten years, a little bit more, a real studio system problem, yeah. where oh, God. a lot of movies are just not getting made, nope. and stuff is just piling up. But horror, thankfully does seem to be able to break through the cracks um a steven spielberg quote really sticks out to me i'm going to paraphrase but he was it was like two years on from lincoln he was like i was having a really hard time getting lincoln released and steven spielberg spielberg was essentially saying like look not to toot my own horn but like i'm steven spielberg Spielberg, meaning I'm i'm the most established director my star is daniel day lewis the most celebrated actor I'm doing a film about fucking Abraham Lincoln and he couldn't find someone to produce the film with him and re- and release the movie. So when you have the studios like so gummed up and so nervous about investing big money into things that they like they absolutely needed to be a franchise or needed to be a big name thing you're getting a lot of projects that just aren't getting made. I'm thankful for things like the streamers and yep. Shutter and Netflix and whatever because they'll be like oh we got a couple of dollars we're cash rich Yeah, we'll fund you I think this will well, go somewhere. Because they don't yeah. have to put yeah.
0: as much in a place like Netflix, because they have the money, they don't have to pump money into something with hope of return. They already have the money from their subscribers, so sure. they can pump that money into a film. So that's probably why you get a lot of this stuff to go to streaming. Hopefully, hopefully horror continues to thrive, man. I think it's good. I think that a lot of people want to work in horror. I think a lot of people like it. I think it's a, it's a brilliant genre, and it's got the most dedicated fans on the planet. So True. with yeah. that being said... It's pitch time. All right. All right. It's time. All right, pitch master. Let's do this. Oh, All right, I'm,
1: Evan, you
2: are the main course here, so oh, you're just, we're going to go. Thank you very much. I am so excited. Okay, so how about this? Ooh. Um First of all, let me get a couple of things off the table. I don't have a title that I'm fully confident in yet. I have a couple. Oh, that uh, I... Grimoire of the Damned. Yes. Grimoire of the Damned? Grimoire of the Damned. Yeah,
0: or um, Gooseflesh.
2: Gooseflesh. Gooseflesh. <laughs> Goose Nightmare one. on Elm Street Gooseflesh. There we go. We got it. Uh, so Hashtag Gooseflesh. Goose I have a couple ideas I'll throw out at the end. Uh, before I get into my plot, the first thing I want to address is sort of the elephant in the room with this franchise is... What do you do with casting Freddy Krueger? Because, as as Jordan, you said, that Robert England is so intrinsically tied to that role. And Jackie Earl Haley, you know, I know you liked him. I think part of the problem with Jackie Earl Haley is he was too much of a name. So my suggestion with casting Freddy Krueger is to go the same route they did with the first film or the route that they've done with uh, Bill Sarsgaard, Sarsgaard, excuse me, in the It movies. Cast an up-and-coming actor who has established himself a little bit, but is not a name. Is not a household name. Is not someone that people really recognize. Like you might recognize him. You might be like, oh, sure. I saw Bill Skarsgård in *Hamlet Grove*, I, and I saw Robert England in the mini *V*. But they didn't really make an impact. So I think you need that type of an actor to play Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Do you have someone in mind? No. You don't? No, I don't have someone in mind. I'm just saying, but like when we're casting, that's the type of person that you need to go with. Sure,
1: I think the Bill Skarsgård example was nice. Yeah, yeah. 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 And age
2: doesn't matter with Freddy Krueger. You can cast someone any age. It's all makeup anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, Okay, so the basic concept of the movie is... I'm not pulling a Halloween and ignoring the sequels. <laughs> Good Lord. Which Halloween reboots
1: itself every other... I, I can't, With every I c- movie. I can no longer follow how Halloween it's a, has... It's impossible. The timelines yeah. are insane.
0: They're all over the place because it's like one's a reboot, one's a sequel to a movie that happened before. It's crazy. It's, I don't but
1: they never address it. No. They never actually tell the public, hey, if this is a sequel to one. This is a sequel to no, two. I'm no. sorry. We're, we cannot get destroyed. Distra- we can't get pulled into the Halloween. Not into no, the, the so sorry. Yeah. Continue, please, with um, I'm Aaron Elm
2: Street. So... But I'm also not uh, going to try to pander and make it like just nothing but references to the others. Basically, the idea is, right. is if you're a fan of the originals like I am, you can watch this and it fits in the continuity, but it's not going to call back too much. Okay. Uh, so we open in present day in Springwood, Ohio, which is where uh, the films take place. Our two main characters, this is my only uh, fan servicey thing that I'm doing, and this is just for Elm Street nerds like me. <laughs> my two main characters are two high school seniors, Heather and Lisa. Uh, named after two of the named after two of the uh, yep. the main actresses from the elm street yep. franchise there. uh and heather and lisa run a very popular true crime podcast oh, um, yes of course how modern uh similar to like a my favorite murder or something like that that's right. what they're both really into they do it with their friend ray who's like the typical you know horror movie uh a classic horror movie nerd guy who's just kind of a dope who's there to support them okay um so the movie opens with Heather, who's really our main character, doing some research, walking around outside of her school, which is the main high school in Springwood, and wandering down into the boiler room, which is, you know, Freddy's sort of home base. And she hears some weird noises. She hears some scratching, blah, 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 blah. And then she wakes up. Uh, and that's, Oh, that was a dream. Yes. Okay. And that's just so sort of like we, we start with a dream. Right. Uh, and basically, Heather and Lisa are looking for some kind of a true crime story that they can really sink their teeth into something that no one's ever heard of you know we can comment a little bit on about how true crime podcasts and true crime documentaries have become so insanely. i like it already um Mm -hmm. that they're kind of like vultures looking for like the next story right like disrespectful vulgarity of that yes yes yeah like Um, we're
0: going to cover a murder that's fresh or something like that. yeah
2: so heather going into research mode you know you got to have that classic scene at the library where they're looking through microfilm and all that stuff yeah, know, yeah of know. course so she discovers a just a little news article about a guy named fred krueger who uh was a child killer in springwood back in the 80s and was killed by a mob yeah you know uh, basically so she discovers that and decides like ooh, this is a no one really knows about this this is an interesting project that we can do research on and she tells Lisa about it. She tells Ray about it. She tells all their other friends at school about it. They do an episode on Freddy. Now, they don't know anything about Freddy killing them in dreams. They just know that, like, here's this killer in our town that no one really talks about.
1: Okay. So they don't have the full scoop at all. They don't have
2: the full scoop scoop at all. Okay. But then, they the three of them all start dreaming about Freddy. And they are wondering if it's just because they're in, immersed so much in research in it. You know, blah, 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 blah. So they're not too concerned about it. The episodes are getting good numbers. <laughs> yeah. uh, and things come to a head when they're recording in the podcast. They have like a booth at the high school. Yeah, um, Ooh, very nice. With, yeah. a, you know, like a, a soundproof right. mirror for Well, Ray. they haven't
1: gotten that Patreon money yet.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. well. Um, got to use the school equipment.
0: You know what, though, school would have a radio, because some schools have radio programs. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Nowadays, does. yeah. yeah.
2: So one night, Heather and Ray are working late. They both fall asleep. Ray runs into Freddy in his dream and gets killed in like a horrifying way sort of echoing the first kill in the first Elm Street film where Tina is dragged up the wall Yeah, he's dragged through the um, other side of the recording room on the glass oh very cool uh, like Aww. begging for Heather you know so she can see the whole thing as this is I happening it.
1: how how horny is this film were these two having sex before the death? no this no. is not a horny film this is not a particularly horny film okay. no horny. Um, I'm a little sad because I'm very horny but, uh, but we before. all are you know uh, yeah. But no, I just wanted to, I just wanted the horniness scale Uh,
2: yeah, I, well you know we could also tweak that they could be okay. boyfriend and
1: girlfriend right. yeah of course my fucking contribution to Evan's brilliant pitch is like it's
0: not horny enough I just want it to be hornier <laughs> can you make this we movie? can make it hornier okay great
1: yeah. um For sure. So, Ray gets killed in that horrible
2: way. Heather's kind of blamed for it, but of course she does have the out of, like, I was, you know, in this room, blah, blah, blah. And that's when she starts realizing that Freddy is after them in dreams. Got it. uh, For real. Um, She tells this to Lisa. Lisa thinks it's bullshit. And then we're going to do a brief connection to um, the originals, where Heather talks to her grandfather about it. And he's the exposition dump. You know, he's the bagul expert. (laughs) because, (laughs) Because it turns out... That he is the last surviving member of the original group of parents who oh, killed Freddie. Wow, back great. in the day,
1: that's a good touchdown. Yeah. So yeah. he
2: actually, so Heather actually is kind of responsible for bringing Freddie forth because, like, she's like the last. Elm Street kid, quote Got unquote. It. So she becomes convinced that they need to stop talking about this, but Lisa, the one who loves the podcast so much, is like, no, we gotta keep going, we gotta blah 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 blah. And Lisa doesn't believe that he's killing people in dreams. That like, you know, some kind of some killer is on the loose, it's not killing people in dreams. And Heather becomes obsessed with staying awake. You have that whole element of, you know, coffee, all that stuff. Heather's telling all their friends. And Lisa decides, this is one of the big set pieces in the film, Lisa decides to prove them wrong. At lunch one day, Heather's managed to convince a few friends uh, that to stay up. and like, well, Some of them believe her. Some of them are just staying up with her in solidarity. So Lisa uh, drugs all of their drinks in the cafeteria at lunch. Okay. Like about 10 people. Um, they all fall asleep. And then it's mass fucking slaughter in the cafeteria. <laughs> oh, um, oh. Just like oh, basically everybody getting killed. Uh, so um, this is
1: Jamaican beef patty day for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
0: got, I got hit with one.
1: Yes. Um, That's Mike's most traumatic
0: memory: getting hit with a Jamaican beef patty from across the cal- uh, from across the cafeteria. It's not my yeah. It, in like a food fight? No,
1: those things were like grenades, man. You would bite the side of the Jamaican beef patty and you would just toss it, and wherever it landed, it was mass hysteria. Yeah, so it okay,
0: hit me. I got hit with one from across the cafeteria, and I think I was in like. Had to have been like ninth grade, 10th grade. It was was a tough day.
1: We're throwing this in. So there's a character now
2: who's like a rocker type like you who tells that story and Freddy's going to throw a Jamaican
0: beef patty out And kill him. Yeah, and kill him. It wasn't much of a rocker in those days. That's what
1: I love about Freddy though because he doesn't mind the absurdity of dreams. No, he he funny, it. It frightens you, so it's great. He embraces it.
2: So after that, Um, Heather survives. Lisa survives. There's really sort of, Lisa can no longer argue with the idea of Freddie being a real threat in dreams. So Lisa decides, we got to tell people about this. We got to tell the world. We got to broadcast this news that there's like this dream killer that you know nobody talks about. And Heather doesn't want to do that because she starts to realize that maybe the fact that they're talking about him so much is what's giving him power. So Lisa ignores that. By this point, their podcast has become very popular, has gone national. Um, Whoa,
0: nice. I got that dollar shave club money.
2: um, That's it. And Lisa broadcasts about Freddy, the dream killer. And then Freddy himself goes national. Like that's what finally gets him out of Elm Street. So he's able to sort of haunt the nation. And my idea here is because, you know, he, Freddy himself is a dream or is a nightmare or is himself an idea. So you have this big sequence towards the end of the film where people all across the country are dreaming of Freddy, but they're dreaming different versions of Freddy, like their own interpretation of what Freddy looks like. Like in one, maybe he's a giant. In one, maybe he is just a normal-looking killer who can still take you down in your dreams. Powers start to shift a little bit in that direction. That, Like what people interpret him to be is what he appears in in the dream. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. So, it's very personalized, too. Yeah, it's personalized or sort of distorted, like the way an idea... Like the, yeah. the game of telephone. You know, yeah. like the way an idea changes over time. Uh, but, you know, he's... Uh, Mass hysteria across the nation. And what uh, Heather winds up doing to sort of save the day is now, you know, like you've got kids all across the nation who are convinced that someone is killing them in their dreams. Classic Elm Street trope. No adults believe them. Heather does a live podcast one night. Uh, Everybody across the nation tunes in. They're trying to stay up. And eventually she decides to uh, try a hypnosis spell, a group hypnosis spell across the network. Um, Everybody falls asleep into a shared dream space and by this point heather has come to the conclusion that is always the case with freddy and how to defeat him that you know he is just a scary dream if you don't give him any power you can stop him yeah. you know you turn your back on him you just ignore him you know you you're the one who is who's is in control so the movie ends with like this massive fight in dream world basically with people all across the nation battling different versions of freddy and putting him down and taking him down that way you know the the m street films always have this great communal feeling of like kids rising up to save the day so that's the basic concept here at the end um they get freddy you know they reduce him to nothing it all winds up with like tons of people like leading him back into the boiler room and shrinking him down and that's basically the conclusion and i do have a tag I have a post-credit tag, you know? Um, So the post-credit tag is Freddie wakes up in his boiler room, sort of restored to um, his normal state, starts trying to get out, finds that he can't. Um, And chains shoot into the room and, you know, like string him up across, like stretching his limbs really, really tight. And he's like screaming and he's in pain. And a voice out of the darkness says, if I really wanted to torture you, I'd be a lot more rough. Um, And he, in his craggly voice goes, well, who the fuck are you? And Pinhead steps out of the darkness. (laughs) Hellraiser crossover. He steps out. Pinhead steps out of the darkness and says, "I'm someone with bigger dreams than you." Um, And we cut there. And that's my idea for, um, you know, the horror cinematic universe. Pinhead is the Nick Fury. Freddy is the (laughs) Tony Stark. (laughs) Um, Jason will be Captain America. Michael Myers is Thor. You know, Leatherface is Hulk. Leatherface is Hulk for sure. Uh, the, the Leprechaun's Black Widow right? Um, very, very good uh, But yeah
1: that's, that. that's my basic uh, pitch Dude, uh, I love that I, so lo- I love that I love that it kind of it, it honors the legacy Of the series It includes the series In many ways But also it, it, it brings it forward Because that, that podcasting angle Is so good Thank yeah. you and, and I, Rilato... I thought of that Because
2: of the uh, 2018 David Gordon Green Halloween Because it oh, had those Podcasters, podcasters. And, and I wish they had done More with that So yeah. I was like I'm fucking taking that And I Thank also you. see
1: how like The nucleus of the idea Could have come from Your appreciation for New Nightmare that Freddy exists within stories. So if you bring him out into a podcast, which is listened to by millions of people, suddenly he has a network. Right. Right that's Suddenly great. his story Because uh, then spreads. everyone's Talking about Freddy Yeah right. Oh I, I, I love that I think that's, that's great beautiful That's so,
0: really Really good Fun modern way to yeah. do it Did you have any Casting
1: at all Like no. any actors You'd be like Oh I think this person Might be good for XYZ
0: um, The only
2: thing That I had thought of A little bit was And I don't know their names I feel bad about this But I really like The the, um, the two lead girls In the Fear Street films Oh um, yeah Oh yeah like, They're cool They were cool And I thought they both Did a really good job Could um, you do anything With Maya Hawkewila like my like Hawk. Oh, Maya Hawk from is great from the opening of Fear Yeah. Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maya Hawk would be a good, um, good a good Heather. She'd yeah. be a good yeah. lead in that role. Yeah, I could throw Anya Taylor Joy in as Lisa. <laughs> well, <while laughs> you, you are on the How about this? You're you are on the How about this podcast? So Anya Taylor Joy has
1: a, a contract with us. And you
2: know, actually, on the subject of Fear Street, you know who would make a decent Freddie? Who the sheriff. From uh, Fear Street. Who is that? I forget his name. He's playing Robert Langdon on the uh, Dan Brown Lost Symbol TV series that okay. nobody is watching. Um, I do like that actor. I forget his name. But he would be a decent one. Okay. Uh, he's. Um, He was creepy in Fear Street.
1: Well, it kind of like begs the question: like, what kind of actor makes a good Freddy Krueger? Because like Robert Englund is such a specific niche. Yeah, where he's just like, oh, he's kind of sophisticated, but he plays gross really well, and he has such a bizarre looking face, and he has such he's such a ham. Like he's such a glorious
2: ham too. It's a tough role to cast, which is why
1: I and I totally agree with you. You don't want a big A lister because you you want them to be Freddy. You don't want them to be like, oh my god, it's I don't know, fucking George Clooney. (laughs) Right. No, oh, you would use Krueger. No, you're like, you don't want
0: that attached. You really don't. Now, now Matt Damon. A, I'm a Freddy <laughs> yeah. Imagine a Matt Damon. as Matt Damon. Matt Damon.
2: Tom Hardy would actually probably be a pretty good
1: Freddy Krueger. We but he's, can't throw he's too Tom famous Hardy. Yeah, but to this something is what Tom else. Hardy, was, Tom Hardy too gets into everything. Poor Tom and Tom you're right, Hardy, though. Venom is too important. So. Yes, Venom well, is yeah. Well, he, clearly remarkable. he's done his great work, and he's married to that now.
0: I will say this much I just want Tom Hardy to use his real voice in a movie at some point. But uh, he, he never does He didn't no, I, don't, no, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't
1: think I know what Tom Hardy's voice actually sounds yeah, like. No, I, I think do I
0: was
2: going to say he does it in lock. This movie where yeah. it's just him in a car, but he doesn't. He changes his yeah. accent
1: in that. Yeah. Poor yeah. Tom Hardy never really gets to be Tom Hardy. You know what? He's not very flashy in. You've both seen this movie. Uh, he has a. He has one of the smaller roles in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy yes. as. Oh yeah, he's Rick, not flashy he's not, Yeah, that was not like a flashy before, performance. Actually, I think he uses his regular voice in that. I think you're likely. right. I think yeah, you're that
0: right. sounds like he. And that movie's earlier enough in his career. Oh, he used. It's just yeah.
1: his regular voice in Inception.
0: Yeah. But does he? Is that yeah, what he sounds that's like? That's pretty much what he sounds like. Oh, yeah.
1: okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's pretty. Uh, he has a pretty suave voice naturally then, yeah. right? Because he's kind of a suave character in Inception. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I was it's hard in a Chris Nolan film because everyone's suave in yeah, Chris yeah. Nolan.
2: I was in one of my early like trying to figure out a Nightmare on Elm Street pitch. I was like, do I cross it over with Inception somehow? And then I was like, no, forget it, forget it, forget it, forget <laughs> all, it. <laughs> all in the dreams. <laughs> the
1: top? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Caprio? Um, all right, so I have a pitch that is not nearly as well worked out as Evan's. It's not an eloquent pitch. It just capitalizes on one idea that I think is just, um, just kind of right there. And Evan has mentioned it earlier on this same podcast. So give it to us. How about this?
0: Ooh. Woo-hoo.
1: My film is called PTA. As in Parent Teacher Association. Interesting. So I work in education. Without going into detail, there is nothing more terrifying than, that, the, PTA. than the PTA. I okay? believe you. I they are the scariest. Fully uh fully referencing the movie The Faculty here and having just a badass title about like, yeah, teachers are scary. Um the PTA is the scariest thing to both teachers and students. Um The only really purely good thing about the Jackie Earl Haley film, I agree, is this idea that, to use Evan's words, they flirt with that perhaps he wasn't a monster and they really got it wrong. And it's the only way I can really get behind Freddy. This is not me being like woke or like uh, scolding how the films have been. I think that the films are wonderful, but I can't root for a guy who's like a child molester and be on his side in the movie. To be you know? clear, I
2: just want to—I have never rooted for Freddie.
1: No, no, no. Of course yeah, not. I know there I'm are just, a lot of people who are in who the do. movies. He's the villain. Yeah, I'm just saying he it, needs to be. The and villain. in the movie I'm about to pitch, he's not going to be interesting. So in PTA, the villains of this movie overtly are the parents. Okay, I mean, I would love Clancy Brown. He's a little bit more of a grandpa type now, but that actually kind of still works for me. He's an older dad, that's fine. Uh, So I'll literally just steal him right from the 2010 film. And I just want to cast horrible people as the parents who basically are in control of this town. They are the PTA, but they're also like the Chamber of Commerce and the Town Selectmen, and they own all the important businesses in this small Midwestern town, which I guess is always that same town. Springwood. uh, Springwood. And we have kids who are reflective of the kids that I've seen in class who are basically unhappy because they cannot fulfill the dreams that their parents have of what they could be, right? So the parents are trying to live vicariously through these kids. These kids don't want to be a part of this life. And we're going to focus on four or five of these teens who are friends. But what they actually have in common is, well, two things. One, that they have terrible parents. And two, they attended the same elementary school where there was this groundskeeper who was just their friend. He was an older guy. He was a little weird. He didn't have a lot of friends himself. He was, of course, Fred Krueger. And um, I think one of these kids shows signs of like pretty serious physical abuse one day that is noticed by a teacher. And the teacher brings it home to the parent. And in the film, in a not a very eloquent way, we're going to let the audience know that like it, it's probable that Freddy caused this damage to this child in some way. But whereas the 2010 film fails to pay off the twist, we're going to pay off the twist. The twist is that it's actually the parent that abused the child, Mm. and Freddie is totally innocent. But the parent, Clancy Brown in this case, fearing that he will be caught, shifts the full blame onto this guy who everyone is sort of uncomfortable with. And I want that mob scene to be even worse, even more horrible, where they burn this guy alive and he's going to become like a spirit of vengeance type where he is going to revisit the sins of the parents upon the children, right? Which has been a theme all throughout the Nightmare Mm -hmm. series. Mm -hmm. But now Freddy's not a villain. Freddy is actually taking retribution on people that are bad. And I want the movie to show that these people are bad people, right? They're bad in just how they deal with other human beings. They're not good people. The kids have a chance, maybe, so uh, we're going to you know sort of fast forward in time now. The kids are in high school, and suddenly weird stuff starts to happen. I also need a recurrent flashback sequence where the kids tell each other a ghost story, and it is the ghost story of what happened to Freddy Krueger. But, you know, there was nothing about Fred Krueger that would have informed any of this. Like, they make up that he has a claw hand. Mm-hmm. They make up that he lives in your dreams. They make up all this stuff as children. And those are the flashbacks you keep getting, like the stories they tell themselves about the boogeyman, and that's the form the Spirit of Vengeance chooses to take, right? That is why he has those specific things, which have never truly been explained, right? We and have we, similar
2: ideas and the idea of like the power of stories and exactly how, how they spread. So yeah. it's
1: the story that the children tell each other become Freddy, and then that is the form that Freddy chooses to take to start to take them away from their parents, Um I don't have great ideas beyond that moment because for me, that twist is enough, but I just want the parents to be so horrible that you enjoy uh, Freddy exacting his revenge upon them. So the parents start to go pretty quickly and I think he starts to attack the kids, you know, to, to kind of torture the parents first. And then he kind of goes after both and then you get your band of children, right? That are going to try to stop this, uh, stop this evil. Right. Um, And I think the the solution to it is a very Pennywise solution or a very Stephen King solution, where it was like, well, we made him up, we have to make up some kind of a weakness for him, mm. right? Mm. So they're going to determine, well, what is his what is his kryptonite? How do we destroy him? I haven't worked that out. I haven't worked out like what the ultimate thing is that actually like brings him back or whatever. It may even be just like a ghost story, like to exonerate him and be like hey, he, he never did any of this bad stuff and like free his spirit. But of course you want to get like a franchise out of it, right? So uh, he needs to be at least a little bad <laughs> as, a, as a spirit of vengeance. But that was my only idea was just to make the parents ostensibly the villains, right? And Freddy kind of like, a, oh, I'm kind of on Freddy's side during this. And then he just takes it a little too far and you're like, okay, never mind. We have to stop. Right, right, right. Um, but I thought that was a, a compelling no, like sort of alternate Freddy idea. I don't have good casting necessarily. Anya taylor is too old to be a teenager, and she's too young to be somebody's mom. So I think she's going to be the school teacher at the elementary school. Okay. Oh, that works. Right? Kindergarten teacher. There you go. Kindergarten teacher. Uh, Freddy Krueger boy oh boy it's it's tough it's a tough role to cast i think it's like too tough it is i think it's just like impossible because like you you're, you're so tempted to go for like a big character actor that could do something with that but ultimately everyone's going to be too big you ultimately yeah. le- need like a no name yeah uh, and it's just too hard to pull one out of the ether yeah you
2: just need a really strong actor i think that's a a great idea and i think it's it's a it is a mistake of the franchise that they haven't uh tried to do something like that yeah um that i i, I would love to see a movie that has that take especially because uh, right. like yeah.
0: it's, it's like you said before it's like people root for this guy and it's like which is strange It's just strange it's strange that they root for this guy and if you want to have a character that's kind of like your anti-hero
2: that kind of works i can actually see i can see people rooting for like jason much yeah, more than i can yeah, see them rooting yeah, yeah. for freddie yeah, like, because yeah, yeah. he is kind of that spirit of vengeance in a weird way yeah you know, he was sure. just some innocent who was killed yeah, yeah. I,
1: would, I would actually say jason more than the other horror characters you're kind of like which is why you're on his side in Freddy vs Jason, I guess. Jason has like a weird goodness to him. Yeah, it's you odd. know what I mean. It is odd. Well, Whereas Mike right? Myers is just straight up a dick. That's
2: why in like <laughs> the, in my horror cinematic universe of uh, Jason is fully Captain America. You right, know, he's yeah. he's the <laughs> guy you rally behind. I mean, well, because
0: because well, Jason, you know, he was he died as a as a as a kid, child. Yeah, he, as he died child, as a child. So, so there's an innocence there, even though he hacks people up with a knife.
1: Yeah, to be clear, he should not be killing people. No, 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 we we do not not support killing. But but the reason for which he's killing is a little bit better than Mike Myers, which is just like, listen, I I know we're getting pulled back into the Halloween hole, but like, Mike Myers is just a dick. Like, that's his backstory. He's just like, yep, he was like six years old. He's a fucking little dick. We shut him away. He got out. He's a dick again. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. He's just a little bastard. He really is. Mm hmm like the person to root for other than Laurie in those movies is actually Loomis because you're like this guy knows right away this child is horrible and needs to die Loomis who and I do agree because everybody loves to point out that Loomis is like the worst
2: psychiatrist the ever because he's just this psychiatrist running around begging people to kill his yeah, patient absolutely. Um, but he's correct yeah correct
0: that's too good that's too good Well Jordan that's a beautiful pitch I, I love, love it. it I love, love that it. pitch
1: Yeah my, my only thing that I would try to add Perhaps not to my movie But perhaps the suggestion To sort of the oeuvre uh, The oeuvre of, of Like Nightmare on Elm Street films Is um, He could use I think he's a character That would benefit from a nemesis Yeah Like an actual nemesis I don't mean, like, Jason. I mean, like, how Dracula has Von Helsing. Mm. I think someone who knows, like, something about dreams would Mm. be a cool foil for him for at least a film or two. Yeah. Just because he's a cool character, and I always feel like he never really gets anyone to play off of because he always gets just, like, a bunch of teenagers that will probably die no offense to teenagers but like you're not the most interesting group of people you don't have a, like a lot of life experience i would love someone that like really like kind of maybe knows what they're doing like okay dream lord i'll i'll try to figure this out mm-hmm. and and try to fight you and i think that there might be something to that that'd be an that'd interesting be cool. idea that's cool
2: did you ever see i had just have to mention this just for Freddy content um did you ever see the south park episode that features freddie it's... no
1: he's in one I don't even know so there's no. an episode that spoofs in... oh he's in imagination land I know that well, he's right?
2: in imagination land but there's an episode where he's like pretty heavily featured where okay. it's a spoof of inception okay um, and everybody's you know I forget whose dream they're stuck in but everybody's stuck in a dream and the government's involved and they're trying to get everybody out of the dream and they're like well we gotta go to the expert and it cuts to a shot of like Freddy on a farm chopping <laughs> wood <laughs> and they go up to him and they're like Fred Fred we need your help and he turns around and he's like is this going to be like the time I had to kill all those kids in the 80s to stop Russia from taking over I'm out of the game I don't do this anymore it hurt my soul (laughs) and they sent Freddy in to save the day
1: very good it's delightful that
0: that. is is genius well uh, guys I think um, I think you got some great ideas here I think we have some great pitches so thank you both so very much for that. Uh, and uh, Evan, thank you so much. For thank you so much for episode. having me and indulging me. I really,
1: appreciate, I really it. appreciate it. Yeah, you are an awesome guest. Awesome uh, guest. We're you... so thrilled to get you on for this one. This was something we were like looking forward to for like literally months. Like day one. Thank you very much. Like day much. one. Yeah. This was one of the
0: first episodes we were like, we need to get Evan on for a horror thing. Yeah. And uh, this, was, this was definitely a perfect episode to have you on. We will have you back at some point in the near future. Just uh, folks, if you like Evan's... Evan's wonderful idea is uh, he will be back on the show uh, if he wants to be. Right? Evan just, Oh, I would love to be. Evan just joined the two-timers
1: club, right? The two-timers yes, club. Uh, this is two-timers a rare club. club.
0: Yeah, there's there's uh, we've had we've had a few guests on the show and it's so far our only repeat guests have been Evan and Amanda. So Right. Amanda is like basically the third chair. She's basically uh, the so third. So Evan oh, yeah. is Evan the first So Evan's really the first two-timer. Yes, if we don't count. Kind of Evan, you are us. the... F- Congratulations. I am honored. I
1: am deeply honored. Welcome thank to the Two so Timers much. Club. Happy to be here. Yes. Oh, yes. Excellent. Yes, and thank you so and much And soon for you here. shall be a thrymer. Yeah, a you thrimer. will be a Thrimer. A thrymer. Fantastic.
0: A will be coming up very soon. So, everyone out there, thank you so much for tuning in to How About This and the Halloween Spooktacular. Spook-ta- Go and do it with us. Spook-tacular. Spooktacular. So, we have to once again thank Evan Donnellan for joining us here on this Nightmare on Elm Street episode. Evan, just give the people a little taste of what you're working on.
2: Uh, what am I working on? Uh, I still have my podcast that I do with my sister yes, now and then. Wonderful. It's uh, on hiatus at the moment, but uh, we'll be coming back pretty soon. Doing shows here and there, all that good stuff. Um, De-
0: definitely check out the podcast now if and then. Great podcast, podcast by mm-hmm. the way. So that is. Do you want to just
2: give us the spin
1: on what
0: that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The spin again, on so now and
2: then yeah. is basically um, my sister and I, uh, and we'll have guests on. We had Jordan on an episode. That episode yes. will be dropping. It was great. That episode will be dropping sometime soon. Uh, we're, we're not like you guys, like this great schedule that you guys have where We have like, a terrible schedule Well, I have a much <laughs> we worse fake schedule it.
0: it's called fake it till you make it Well, because
2: mine is just like I drop them when I feel no, like Mike it Why can I
0: literally go like the week
1: goes by? We're like we should probably record that yeah, 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 yeah. You want to zoom it? Um, but the concept
2: of now and then is my sister and I pick a movie uh, That we remember from our childhood that we haven't seen in forever we talk about how we felt about it then. Then we break. We go watch it. And then we talk about how we feel about it now. Yes, um, so which it's, is a fun, beautiful. it's a fun experiment. Love it's a it. Great, yeah, great it's a great show. show.
0: I've, uh, I've, I've listened to a few that uh, you either had posted or stuff that you had pre-posted. And it's really good. Thank you. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, Hearing like... Hearing like the, the nostalgia shame of yourselves is also great because you're like, why did why did we why like did this we watch movie? this? We say that
2: so much. Yeah, it's <laughs> like
0: why did we watch this movie? But it's also really great when you go and watch a movie that you that you still like, and sometimes that happens yeah. too. I, yeah. Like we
2: have an upcoming episode on um, Little Giants, yeah, which oh, sure. I was. I had very fond memories yeah. of it, and I was not expecting to really care much about it at all. And I watched it again, and I was like, oh, this is a masterpiece. Like yeah. four-star masterpiece. I uh, love time. this movie. I like it more now than I did then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think Little Giants Little is a lot of fun. But So definitely check that out. It's Giants, then, and then and now. Giants,
1: Giants,
0: help us, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's then and now? Now and then. Now and then. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Is it was the only other way it, it could have gone. Yes, now and uh, now and then. Please check that out uh, on your Google search and on your internet search. and. And um, we are. How about this, uh, Jordan and I will be back for the finale of the Halloween Spooktacular, where we talk about Halloween. Yes, Halloween. We're finally,
1: getting pulled into that Halloween We're getting hole. Getting pulled I
0: into
2: the muck. Cannot wait to hear that episode. And I wish you the best of. luck. Oh,
0: them. it's going to be terrible. So thank you so much. I
1: disagree. I've done a lot of work.
0: Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, good. you put I'm in teasing
1: the a lot of work for the listener. I've done a lot of Halloween work. Good. And More th- than
2: they've done on the movies, I would certainly. Oh, uh, well.
1: I'll put, I'll put like, you know what, I should say this. I've done a lot of work on my pitch. I'm not a good, like, movie historian, but I worked hard on a pitch for Well, that's good. I mean, well, I'm so. saying, and I'm sure your pitch is better than, oh, right, okay. than 90% of the, <laughs> yeah, got the sequels. Jordan,
0: Jordan's pitches are always uh, lights out good. So once again, ah. for Jordan Hugh and Evan Donnellan, I am Mike Staub. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the finale.
1: Sweet dreams.
0: Hello, booze and ghouls. Now we're at the most terrifying part of the podcast the ending and that aspect of the show where we like to promote ourselves so if you enjoyed what you heard on this week's episode please be sure to like us in social media you can find us at facebook.com howaboutthispod how about this pod or instagram at how about this pod And be sure to go out there and support other podcasts like Evan Darnellen's Now and Then podcast, which you can find out there in the ghostly mists of the Google search. You can also leave a comment, subscribe, give us a like, tell us what you think about the show, and share us with your friends. Why? Well, nothing scarier than listening to a podcast with other people! We'll see you next week on the finale, where Jordan and Mike will talk about Halloween.